Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. We're here. We're in the house of God and we're in a place for God to do miracles in our lives. Hey, let me just tell you, uh, in the month of June, uh, we're actually doing a shift to our service times in the month of June. I, I pray some of you don't listen to this announcement, uh, but I, I pray some of you keep thinking that uh, we're going to be at 9.30. Listen, the month of June, some things are going to do different. We're actually going to move our service from 9.30 to 10 o'clock for a good reason. At 9am on Sunday morning, we're actually going to have a half an hour of prayer here in the house of God through the month of June. Uh, you know, faith, love and hope is not just a weekend. It's a whole month of prayer and believing that God's going to do great miracles in our community, in our lives, in our midst. So from 9 till 9.30, we're coming to pray here in the house. Uh, listen, if you need a prayer, you need someone to lay hands on you, that's a great place for it. Right there in that moment, we'd love to lay hands on people. Praise God, we're allowed to lay hands on people again. And isn't that an awesome thing? Anyone excited about that? Listen, this year in Faith, Love and Hope, I can actually lay hands on you and not get arrested this year. That is such an awesome thing. Amazing, amazing thing. Uh, last year in Faith, Love and Hope, it was like, do not take a photo of anybody touching anybody else. Uh, we can do that this year. This is awesome. Uh, we can see miracles happen again. Uh, but through the month of June, we're doing that. 9 till 9.30. Listen, if you come to pray at 9.30, we're actually going to have breakfast uh, available, free breakfast for everyone. Uh, if you don't come and pray, you don't get... No, it's not true. You still get breakfast anyway. Uh, uh, we're going to come together and do that through the month of June. And then 10 a.m. service time. I know some of you are like, what? We didn't start at 10 a.m. normally. No, we don't. We start at 9.30 normally. And listen, for the next couple of weeks, we'll be back still at 9.30. And if you need to tell yourself this in June that we start at 9.30 to get here at 10, brilliant as well. Do that. Uh, but we'll be kicking off our service uh, at 10 uh, with full kids programs and things like that. But we'll be praying here from 9 to 9.30. I'd love it if we'd come uh, avail ourselves to that. Listen, I know some of you can't be here at 6.30 Tuesday morning praying with us. I know you're already working. I know you're, you're busy doing those things or sleeping for some of you that maybe that shoe fits as well. But we'll be here 9am uh, throughout the whole month of June praying together. And it will be an amazing half an hour. Love you to come and be a part of that. And, and maybe uh, just a, a fresh expression of faith could just stir in your life for that month of June. I pray that's the case. Listen, I pray we come out of the month of June when God's done something miraculous in our church. Miracles, healing, deliverance, uh, seeing new people wonder Christ and all of those things. That would be incredible. Who's in for that? Who thinks that's exciting? Who thinks having it half an hour later and turning up at 10 o'clock is exciting as well? Extra sleep. I see a hand. I see a few hands in the house. That's, that's good as well. That's good as well. Um, hey, uh, I'm going to get straight in the Word of God this morning. And uh, I, got a, I, I got one of those messages I don't feel will be one of those popular ones. I don't feel like it'll be uh, necessarily one of those messages uh, that will all be amen and a whole bunch because my message is entitled this, The Pain of the Result. The pain of the result. Uh, I've talked about this a few times, but I grew up on a, on a farm. Um, I'm grateful I don't still live on a farm, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I lived on a farm when I was a child in a small country town called Lansdowne. I look around this room and none of you other than my father sitting in the front row have any idea where Lansdowne is. 
and it's not on any maps, most likely. It's uh, one of those tiny little country towns. I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh, my dad uh, loved farming. Listen, you can take the man out of the farm, but you can never take the farm out of the man. My dad would still go back to farming if he didn't believe that he was called to the kingdom of God and trying to change the world for Jesus Christ. He loved farming and he still loves farming. I remember being a kid and we used to grow corn and soybeans and we used to have a whole bunch of you know, gardens outside of our house. We moved from the farm onto a, on a property in Taree, still a small country town that none of you know about. And, and in Taree, uh, my dad still grew vegetables everywhere. I still remember like the first thing before we even built our house, dad was building a vegetable uh, g- uh, garden on our new, on our new property. Uh, you know, we've, we've moved into, into Brisbane. Dad lived in Sydney, even in Sydney, you know, with a tiny little backyard. He still had his vegetable gardens growing in that backyard. And, uh, you know, dad does now at our house. He loves to, to grow trees and, and different vegetable gardens. He's moved his vegetable garden about 300 times in our, in our property. And, and he, listen, he understands soil. He understands like planting seeds and what time to plant seeds and how they're going to grow. And often he talks to me like I care about that. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. But I have somewhere between zero and no care about planting seeds into the ground and, and growing tomato bushes. He would tell me, oh, my tomato bushes. Dad, I hate tomatoes. <laughs> oh, my pumpkin vine. I bear with pumpkin. You know what I'm saying? It's, but Dad loves just planting it. He doesn't necessarily eat it all, just loves planting stuff. You know, in our, in our, in our garden, I... I'd be happy with just wood chips and no plants. Dad's like, let's plant a tree. I think he just plants a tree so that in a couple of years' time, he can chop it down with a chainsaw. He just loves the, the process of, of planting and growing and seeds in the ground and what it brings from. Dad loves that. Listen, if you like that as well, come and talk to Dad and I'm sure you'll talk with him right through to the 5pm service tonight because he can talk about it forever. And he unfortunately does often talk to me about it forever. I have no care for those things. And I'm grateful not to live on a dairy farm anymore. I love living in Brisbane. I love being away from that. But my dad loves that still. He loves the process of of planting and he knows it and he understands it. And listen, the process of planting, sowing and reaping is a process that fits right through our whole lives. It fits through everything that we are. Jim Rohn said this, if you don't like what you're reaping, you'd better change what you've been sowing. If you don't like what you're reaping, you better change what you've been sowing. I've noticed this. My dad has never come to me and said, you know what? I planted some tomato bushes and outsprung chocolate bushes. I'd like that. Can I have an amen from somebody that like Mars bar bushes? He never said this to me. He never said, I put a tomato seed in the ground and outsprung beautiful strawberries. He never said that. He says, I planted those tomato bushes there and look, now I've got a whole row of tomato bushes. I, I took corn and I put it in the ground over here. Now I've got a whole row of corn. 
I, I, I took seeds for carrots and now I've got a whole row of carrots. He's never said, listen, I put something in the ground and got something else. He's never said that. He understands when I put those seeds in the ground for my corn, I'm going to get corn. Seeds for tomatoes, I'm going to get tomatoes. And the reality of life is if you're planting for corn, you'll get corn. If you're planting for tomato, you get tomato. That's the reality of life. It works in every area. It works in the garden, works in our finances, works in our relationships. It works in our spiritual life. It works in our mental health. It works in the whole of our lives and everything that we are. You know, Jesus didn't hold back on this reality. When Jesus spoke, He spoke often about sowing and reaping, of giving, of, of putting into the ground. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said this, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, and making room for more running over, pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Here's the problem. When we're given the wrong things, we get back the wrong stuff. Here is the pain of the result. Our fruit, what comes back into our lives, is the picture of what was sown into the lives that we live, the things that we have. The outcome in our future is always outworked by what we're doing today. And the pain of the result sometimes is this. We're getting a result that we don't like because we've been sowing some things that we shouldn't be sowing. This process flows through from the garden. Again, I hate tomatoes. I would never go and plant a tomato seed in the ground. My dad does. I don't like the result because if I eat that tomato, it makes me spew. He doesn't mind tomatoes. He will eat them in front of me and that almost makes me spew. I don't like the result of what's getting planted. Listen, sometimes we're like that in our lives. We start to pluck off some tomatoes. I don't like the result, but we still plant tomatoes. We still take the seeds and we plant them back into the ground. Listen, the outcomes of our life are the fruits of the seeds we've been planting all the way through. The outcome in our marriage, the outcome in our relationships and friendships around us, the outcome in our financial world, the outcome of the things that are working in our business right now are a result of the seeds we continue to plant all the way through. Now, let me just stop here and give a disclaimer. Someone, someone said to me the other day, listen, your disclaimers are my favourite parts of your messages. And if that's the case for you, then this one might be good for you. Or you might just hate the fact that I'm being honest with you in my disclaimer right now. My disclaimer, first and foremost, sometimes the fruit that you are seeing in your life right now is a result of somebody else planting in your life. I get this. Some of us walk into this room growing through a difficult family and you come to this room with a really challenging home life that's brought you here and now you're an adult but you had to deal with growing up in terrible situations and circumstances and you, your fruit comes from somebody else's seeds being planted in your life. Listen, this too is biblical. I don't have the time to go completely into it, but you know, it talks about the, the, the outworking through the generations that happens in our life. Here's the reality right now. I, I know that's the case. I know some of us come to this situation with that. But now from here into our future is our seed, is what we plant, is, is what happens from our lives. Now, if you've come here growing up in a really challenging scenario, yes, planting the right seeds may be more difficult, but you still can plant the right seeds. We have a Word of God 
that gives us a great picture of how we do this. And this is the beauty of the kingdom of God. Now, let me go to the other side. Sometimes, this is the disclaimer you may hate, sometimes in our life, we bear fruit of seeds we haven't really planted well. It's called a miracle. Every now and then, God has to do miracles because we stuff up so bad that the fruit is a mess and God has to come and fix it up. Anyone ever been a result of a miracle? God has to fix it up and patch it back together. And from that point again, we have to make the right decisions and plant the right seeds. Listen, miracles are wonderful. But God is also talking to us about the power of seeds and what we're planting in our lives every single day that don't necessarily need a miracle. God can heal. God can deliver. God can set people free. Praise God for that. But listen, if we plant the right seeds, God's job's so much easier because He just keeps breathing on the seeds that we're planting in in the field of our life. On the other hand, some people win the lottery. Their financial seed, they did a little planting and they get a massive lottery outcome. Listen, if you think that that's going to be your answer for life, most lottery winners have got less two years after winning the lottery than they had before because they don't understand the power of what their seed has really meant for their life. There's my disclaimers for you today. If you don't like them, unlucky. You know, uh, I was thinking over this message over the last couple of weeks and listen, anyone sick of this rain? Like genuinely sick of this rain a little bit? Uh, We've got people from the UK and that's their whole belief system that rain is good. It's not good. I know that's what you grew up with and the seed's wrong. It's time to plant new seeds of dryness right now. I'm sick of this crazy rain a little bit, you know. I don't mind the rain. It's not a bad thing, but I'm sick of it a little bit. And I was thinking through this, how grateful I am that uh, God said, listen, I'm not going to flood the whole earth again. Anyone grateful about that? When Noah come out of that ark, God said, I'm not going to flood at all. I feel like every now and then He's going to do that again. Uh, I feel like the owner of Bunnings down in Oxley here, I wishing God had come and said, I'm never going to flood Oxley Bunnings again. But I feel like that thing's happening every now and then, you know, it just seems to be uh, a uh, thing that <laughs> just happens all the time at the moment. Um, but I was thinking through this story in, in Genesis chapter 8. I was thinking through the story of Noah for a second. And, and, and I was thinking through this moment of time when, when Noah like steps out of the ark. And, and, he, and he steps out. And if you know the story, it's in, it's in Genesis chapter 8. If you know the story, he steps out of the ark and something incredible happens. Listen, he's only got a small amount of, of animals here, uh, a small amount of these, of these clean animals When he steps out of the ark, something amazing happens. It says when he first steps out, if we can throw that scripture up behind me. When he first steps out of the ark, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. He takes a clean animal and he sacrifices to God. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine him stepping out of the ark? He doesn't have a house yet. No house. He he doesn't yet make a meal for himself. He sets up an altar and he sacrifices and he worships God. You know, he sets in process here the reality of the first fruits offering that that is a picture for all of our lives that God wants. 
It's that first fruits offering that, listen, before I got my house, before I got this, God, this first is yours. Before I'm eating, God, this first is yours. Before I'm putting something in my stomach, this first is yours. The Bible says He makes an offering to God and it raises to God like a sweet smelling aroma. The reality of our gifts, the reality of the first thing that we sow is to God, our time, our talent, our treasure. This is the reality we see right here with Noah. Steps out. Boom, he's sacrificing to God. But God says this, God says, this is a wonderful gift. This is amazing. I'm never going to flood the earth, nor am I going to destroy the earth again. Even though, if you look on that Scripture, the imaginations of men are still inherently evil. What a statement. The imaginations of men are still inherently evil. I'm not going to wipe out the whole world again. You know, I read through this and I was thinking, you know, that first part of that, he's making a sacrifice to God. And again, it's pleasing to God. God's, you know, loves that moment and is excited by that. And again, he's setting up the pattern for all of us of humanity of what, what you know, our, our, our sacrifice, our giving, our laying into the hand of God and how important it is. But in verse 22, there's a passage of Scripture that genuinely looks like it's been taken from someone else, somewhere else and accidentally dropped in the middle of this chapter because it doesn't really feel like it fits. It's this crazy passage of Scripture in verse 22. And can I just read it for you for a moment? It says, While the earth remains, there is sea time, there is harvest. There's cold, there's heat, there's winter, there's summer. And day and night shall not cease. Listen, he's sacrificing to God. He's talking to God. God's saying, I'm never going to do this anymore. I'm no more destroying the earth. It's not going to happen again. But then in the middle of it, God just says, listen, as long as the earth remains, there will be a principle of sowing and reaping that will never go away. Can, can I just tell you when I read this, what I feel like God's saying? I feel like God says this, listen, I've said now you're still evil. You're still going to do bad stuff, but I'm never going to destroy you again. But listen, there is now season for seed and harvest. Humanity, if you remain evil, if you sow evil, you're going to harvest evil and you'll destroy yourself. It's an incredible statement. I think through what has happened in humanity since that time. If we just take the last 150 years, we've got World War I, we've got World War II, we've got Vietnam, Korea, we go on and on and on, Iraq war, we've got war after war after war. Listen, he says this, as long as the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest. I'm never going to destroy you again. But I tell you what, humanity, you're doing a great job of destroying yourself. Because you're sowing anger, you're sowing hatred, you're sowing racism, you're sowing bitterness, you're sowing all of these terrible things and you're going to reap it and you will destroy yourself. God throws the most powerful statement to humanity right here in the moment of humanity walking into their future. He says, listen, humanity, know this principle of sowing and reaping will be all of your life until the earth goes. God's saying to us all, listen, your sowing and reaping is laying out a picture for your future. Now, like Jesus did, like God did right here with the destroying of humanity and the reset of humanity with the ark and with the flood, He did with the reset of Jesus. Listen, Noah is the type of Christ that was to come. And the beauty of the gospel is there is always reset for our life. If you've walked into this room carrying with you 
like the young girl we saw in that video, carrying with you the burden of sin, the burden of brokenness. I want to be really clear. There is a beautiful picture in the Gospel that Jesus Christ died for my sin and yours. Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Coming and encountering Jesus is like stepping out of the ark. We're stepping into a whole new world. We're new creations in Christ. And from this point, what we build is our future and what we build is our life. Behold, the new has come. This is the reality of what we face when we step out. Now, here's the deal. If we read Jesus teaching in the parable of the soul, again, sowing and reaping, He teaches in the parable of the soul, He says, the, poet, the sower sows some seed. Some is in the good soil, springs up. Some lands on the path, eaten away straight away. Some lands in the weeds. And it springs up, but the weeds, which is the worries of life, which is what was old, tries to become new again and chokes out the newness of the goodness of God. Listen, if you're in this room and you're on that side, you're trying to grow in your life of faith, you've come alive to Jesus, but you can feel the choking of your past, the choking of the brokenness you've faced, the choking of, of maybe your family history. Listen, it's time to weed some gardens. It's time to pluck out some things. It's time to allow God to do some healing in your life, healing on the inside of you so that you can grow up to the fullness of the seeds that God wants to plant in your life. Just like after the flood, God said, listen, I've cleaned house. Now it's about you sowing and reaping. It's the same when we come to Christ. He says, I've cleaned house. Now it's what you sow and reap. Paul doesn't shy away from this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he sows of his flesh, he'll reap of his flesh corruption. But if he sows of the Spirit, will reap of the Spirit everlasting life and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart can I just again side note this for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart has anyone ever come and just done one good thing and wondered why you didn't get the full reaping I remember when I first got married uh, I remember like one day Wendy was like, I want to stay home on a Saturday and hang out. So we stayed home on a Saturday and hung out. But by the end of that Saturday, I'd imagine Wendy just to be so beautifully in love with me and everything to be absolutely perfect in a marriage. But it wasn't the case. And it wasn't the case because I'd been surfing for three years straight beforehand on a Saturday and spent no time with my wife and thinking that a couple of hours of hanging out with my wife would fix all the stupidity that I had as a husband. Can I have an amen from a husband in the room that knows what I'm talking about? I didn't hear any amens. Can I have an amen from a wife in the room that knows what I'm talking about? Gee whiz, there's some amens in this house. In due season, you shall reap. Listen, Here's the pain of the result. Sometimes it takes us a while to reap brokenness in our relationship, but we've been sowing to it for a long period of time. God is not mocked. What a man sows, that he shall also reap. Jesus lays it out for us so clearly. Paul lays it out so clearly. Genesis lays it out so clearly. The principle of our life 
is sowing and reaping. It's so simple, so powerful. Listen, if you want to have a great marriage, you need to sow to that marriage goodness. You need to speak great to your wife. You need to pray over her, wash her with the water of the Word. You need to stand there and believe for her. You need to make sure that you serve and you are standing together in agreement for your relationship and building the future that you want in your marriage. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. Listen, if you want to walk into financial blessing, you need to realise that spending all your money on Maccas is not going to help you walk into financial blessing. You need to realise that savings account isn't there for spendings. It's there for savings so that you can walk into financial blessing. Listen, if you want your business to flourish, flourish and grow, Learn the principles of business that help you and do that and how to outwork cash flow and to work your way into thinking through how am I going to effectively build a great business? How am I going to train my employees? How am I going to actually lay out a good financial plan? What a man sows, that he shall also reap. This principle is so powerful for every aspect of our lives. So powerful for what we're trying to build. Again, Come back to that marriage because it's such a powerful picture. If we want to build a great marriage, we're going to build the right principles of communication. Build the right principles of making sure we meet that love aspect in our partner, husband, wife, both, all together. Wives are usually just better at this naturally. I've got to be honest, usually. You know, I speak to young people and they're like, oh, my girlfriend's an idiot. You've made her an idiot by the way you've treated her for the last little while. I've been talking to you about this young man. The way you outwork in your sexuality in that situation, it's messing up that girl. The way you outworked your life and you've talked with her and you've had other talking with other girls, you're messing it up. I talk to young people about this. Isn't it incredible how often we blame someone else for our mess up? So often we do this. Husbands and wives, how often we blame the, the other partner for our mess up. Sometimes it is the other partner's fault. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we've got to stop and look at what am I sowing into the situation? Has anyone noticed how terrible movies are for helping us to live real life? Every time I watch a movie, I love stories that everything works out all right in the end. After sowing incredible mess into a relationship, I got a face palm and say, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I know Pastor Tim would need to be involved in that relationship for a long period of time for that thing to work out. I know Pastor Steve and Lydia will be spending a lot of time with that couple later on, making sure they work through what they're sewn into to get to this point that happily ever after of the movie. This is the reality that movies aren't reality. Life is real. And God said, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The pain of the result is such a powerful thing. Charles Reedy said this, sow a thought, you reap an act. Sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. Listen, everything we do, we need to look at our seed. I feel like we need a daily seed check in our lives. What's my daily seed check? Before the pain of reaping, what am I sowing into my marriage? hey, I don't want to reap divorce. I don't want to reap bankruptcy. I don't want to reap financial challenge. I don't want to reap anger in my relationships, unstable business. I don't want to reap those things. I want to reap the benefits of God allowing blessing to flow into my life. Again, 
The Bible warns us of it a million times. We go into Proverbs. Uh, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow and the rod of his anger will fail. He who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives his bread to the poor. Listen, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Unfortunately, we hear messages like this and it gives us no excuse into our future because God just stops us for a second and says, what are you sowing to right now? What's your seed right now going to? What's the seed in every aspect of your world? What's the seed in every aspect of your life? Our decisions, our thoughts, our meditations, our actions, directing our future, directing the result. William Robertson said this, you reap what you sow, not something else, but that. An act of love makes the soul more loving. A deed of humbleness deepens humbleness. A thing reaped, the thing reaped is the very thing sown multiplied a hundredfold. You have sown a seed of life and you reap life everlasting. You reap life everlasting. What are you sowing today? Can, can, if, if you've got a, a, a phone, this is me giving you permission for one second to pull your phone out. I, I want to give us internal audit for this week. If you've got a pen and paper and you're old school like me and you write things down, that, that's me. I write things down. If you're like me, old school, pull out your pen and paper. If you're new school, which most of us are, use your phone. I want you to ask these questions. What this week are you sowing into your soul? What this week are you sowing into your soul? If you're not sure what that looks like, what am I thinking about this week? What am I meditating on this week? What thoughts am I carrying with me this week? Are they thoughts of my past hurts and past brokenness and past disappointments? What are you meditating on in your mind this week? I want you to think this through and I want you to be aware of it for yourself. This is internal audit time. I promise I'm not checking results next week. I promise I'm not going through the outcomes of this. This is your internal audit moment between you and God. What am I sowing into my soul? I want you to ask yourself the next question. What am I sowing into my spirit this week? What, what, what seeds am I putting in, in my spirit? Listen, if you get to the end of the week and you're saying, I haven't read my Bible, I haven't spent a moment in the presence of God, I haven't worshipped, I haven't even spent a moment just saying, Jesus, can you help me through my life situation? Again, keep that one to yourself. But, but let's do something about this. What seeds am I sowing into my spirit? What am I building around the spiritual gifts in my life? Internal audit time. Hope you're making notes on this. If you're married, I want you to ask the question, this week, what am I sowing into my marriage, into my husband or into my wife? What am I sowing in? Listen, if you're sowing in angry words, bitterness, resentfulness, bad language around your home if you're sowing that in then it's time to change some things if your words are loving and building if you're a husband in the house and you're praying for your wife you're building her washing her in the water of the word wonderful what am I sowing into my husband or my wife in my marriage I want you to then ask the next question what am I sowing into my finances what am I doing right there how am I outworking savings how am I thinking about my budget and my future? What am I doing in, the, in look at building income and seeing blessing come into my life? What am I sowing my finances into? 
Am I sowing into the kingdom of God? Am, am I thinking about that aspect of my world? Is this a part of my thinking and my belief system around my life? Because listen, my message today is entitled The Pain in the Result. The result can be a pain if we're not thinking these things through effectively because we get down the track and the pain then is the reality. This is what I'm reaping because of what I'm sown. You never reap great things accidentally. You never accidentally reap a great marriage. You never accidentally reap blessing of finances. You never accidentally reap great relationships. You work and you build every single one of these effectively because Noah steps out and God says, listen, as long as time goes on, there'll be seed time and there'll be harvest. What seed are you planting? What seed are you planting? Listen, if you didn't have time to grab out your phone, let me remind you. I want you to ask the question, what am I sowing into my soul? What am I sowing into my spirit? What am I sowing into my marriage? What am I sowing into my finances? What is the outcome that you're looking for? What is the outcome that is there for the future in our lives? Come on, let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh God, you're good. God, you are good. So good. God, sometimes we're not, but you are. Sometimes we need a miracle because of our bad choices and decisions. But this morning you stand before us and you throw the challenge. What seed is there? What seed is there? What seed is there? Jesus, I thank you that the greatest seed that any of us have ever had sown into our lives is the seed of your beautiful grace. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.